0: Good to be with y'all! Happy New Year! Yeah, let me ask you a question. How many of you have said at least some point in the last week or so leading up to New Year's Eve, uh, I can't wait for 2020 to be behind us? How many of you said that? All right, we got 100% participation pretty much. Uh, Well, guess what? Your wish has been answered. 2020 is now behind us. We are now into 2021. So Happy New Year. I like how Liz said, it It just feels like a clean slate, a fresh start. Transitioning, you know, from one year to the next year is often a time to reflect and think about the past, and a friend of mine uh, sent me a post, and I just want to read a couple of these to you. You might have already heard some of these, but just as we reflect on 2020, uh, see if you have thought or felt any of these. Uh, Number one, the dumbest thing I ever bought was a 2020 planner. (laughs) y'all got that all right did you ever have this experience i was so bored i called jake from state farm just to talk to someone he asked me what i was wearing (laughs) 2019 stay away from negative people 2020 stay away from positive people The world has turned upside down. The old folks are sneaking out of the house, and their kids are yelling at them to stay indoors. Okay, y'all, that is so true. If I've had my daughter scold me once, it has been multiple times she's like, mom, dad, stay home, what are y'all doing? Um, the morning, this morning, I saw my neighbor talking to his cat. It was obviously he thought the cat understood him. I came into my house and told my dogs, and we laughed a lot oh let's see uh the virus has done what no woman has been able to do cancel sports shut down all the bars and keep the men at home uh, last one, I never thought the comment, I wouldn't touch him or her with a six-foot pole, would become a national policy. But here we are. <laughs> well, here is to better days uh, as we head into 2021. But here's the thing that I experienced, and maybe uh, y'all had this feeling as well. You know, New Year's Eve came, and I was watching uh, You know, some of the things in, in New York uh, with the, with the ball dropping and everything— But here's the thing, when we transitioned from 2020 to 2021, nothing magical happened. You know what I'm saying? It didn't. It didn't all of a sudden, miraculously, fairy dust was sprinkled, and uh, and it's all and it's all fresh and new. Uh, the clock moved. It transitioned. But but actually, uh, if you were watching uh, the the ball drop and all of that, it it actually felt a little weird. Did y'all did y'all think that? I mean, it was just the streets were empty. They had some planned things. People were in their boxes, and so it almost feels like that we are in this in-between season, where it's not really pre-COVID and post-COVID. You know, we're, we're in this transitional time between the two. It's almost like we're not really here and we're not really there. We're kind of in this in-between transitional time. And and. You know, life is like that sometimes, and, and maybe you've experienced this as there's these seasons and these moments, what I'll call them transitions, where you're not really here or there. But think about when you were uh, going off to college, if you, if you went to college, you weren't really uh, in high school living in your parents' home, but you weren't completely out on your own just yet. It was this transitional time, this time when you kind of know what the future's going to look like. You have this idea, you have some images, you have some visions and dreams but you aren't 100%. Um, think about maybe when you uh, were engaged, if you're married, uh, you you weren't single anymore, but you weren't married yet. You were in this transitional time and you kind of had your hopes and dreams and your picture of what marriage could look like, might look like, but you were still asking that question, what's next? I think about uh, families before they have their first child and, you know, and the mom is pregnant, but the baby hasn't come yet. You're in this transitional, transitional season of asking the question you know what's next and there is some uncertainty attached to it um, but there is some you do have some pictures in your mind and in, in, in your head I think about people who have just uh, retired uh, and they're asking the question what's next um, I think sometimes when we move from one town to another uh, maybe you've gotten a new job and you've sold the house and you've bought the new house uh, you kind of have some idea of what you'll be doing but but you're not 100% sure, and we ask ourselves the question, what's next? I feel like as a, as a nation, as a globe, we're, we're in a kind of one of those what's next moments in history and in our lives. Um, I think sometimes these transformational transitions uh, are more significant in our lives than others, whether that's personally or nationally or globally. Um, but here's the thing that I do know, is that I believe that when we are in times of transition, these these transformational transitions, that there is the opportunity for us to become more open to God. There is this opportunity for us to become more sensitive, more aware of His work in our lives. Uh, There is the opportunity to see Him transform us at a deeper level into His image and His character if we will allow him. And today we are looking at a passage of scripture uh, from the book of Exodus. And if you are in the service here in person, uh, I just want to tell you, we're not using the scripture that's in your bulletin. Um, well, I came up with that scripture weeks ago because uh, we got to have a plan. Uh, but as I came into this weekend, I just felt more and more like the Lord was putting a different scripture on my heart. So we're going to be looking at Exodus 33. And I know just in a a moment here joseph is going to put this up but but as we think about this story, I want to set it up. It's from the Old Testament. Um, the people of God were in a time of transition. Um, they had left Egypt. And can you imagine being one of the Israelites and leaving Egypt? Don't you feel like you would have just said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad Egypt is behind us. I'm so glad it is in the past. Uh, we were slaves and now we're not. We lived in, in fear of Pharaoh. We lived in fear that just at a whim, he could decide that he was going to, you know, kill all the, all the baby boys in the nation, in our nation. And we had no control, that feeling of, of not being in control, not having power, not being able to have any say-so over your own destiny, uh, seeing God deliver them with a mighty hand. And so they had left one thing. There was the promise of the promised land, but they were in this in-between space, in-between, this, this place for, I believe, the potential for these transformational transitions. So with that, I want to read to you um, Exodus 33, 12 through 19. And I want to read it to you in its entirety uh, in the New Living Translation. And then I'm just going to lift up a couple of insights that I really, really felt the Lord put on my heart uh, for me personally, but also for us as a community of faith. Um, and I'm going to read through it, and then again, I'll, just, I'll speak to some of the uh, passages in here that stood out to me. One day Moses said to the Lord, But let me stop here. Okay, I just can't not stop. (laughs) Sorry about that. I want to tell you when the one day is. The one day is they are about three months outside of having left Egypt. So they have been in the wilderness now for about three months. They have met. They've stopped at Mount Sinai. Moses has gone up. God has given him the Ten Commandments. He came down. Do y'all know what he saw when he came down from the first time from the mountain with the Ten Commandments? Who knows? There was the golden calf. So the people of God had felt like Moses was tarrying, waiting too long up there on the mountain. Uh, instead, they they got all their gold and jewelry, and they had Aaron, Moses' brother. He made a golden calf, an idol. And when Moses comes down from the mountain, they're worshiping that golden calf. Moses, you know, gets angry. Basically, they destroy, they burn the golden calf. He actually makes them drink, they mixes the ashes with water. They have to drink it. It's kind of this crazy story. Okay, that, that, is, that is where we are right now. So this has all just happened. One day, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. See, they're in the in-between place. But you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest, and everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. Verse 17, the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. Verse 21, the Lord continued, look Stand near me on this rock as my glorious presence passes by, and I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will remove my hand and let me see and, you, and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. I wanted to read that entire section because it is it is this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful conversation that Moses and God are having with one another, which is which is all prayer is. It is this, it is a two-way dialogue. You talking to the Lord, the Lord talking to you. And it's so significant to me when this occurs because they are in this in this in-between place. Uh, like I said, Moses has just come down. He has destroyed uh, the, the tablets, the, the new cup the covenant that, um, the Ten Commandments, the covenant that God has made with them. After this conversation, after this conversation, Moses goes back to the Lord and God rewrites the covenant and gives him the two tablets that then they take with them as they journey through the wilderness. One of the things that I think is significant here is that Moses and the people of God, both had an opportunity in this transitional, in-between space. The people of God, the Hebrew people, the Hebrew children, they, I feel, wanted to have a way to be able to control what was next. Do you ever feel that sometimes when you're in that transitional place where where you're not really here and you're not really there yet? It's like because there is that uncertainty, there is that human... Uh whatever it is within all of us that we want to be able to control and to manipulate and to and to be in charge of what is next and I believe that that is what the people of God did when they when they made this golden calf they wanted a God that they could they could manipulate that they could pick up and say go here go there uh, do what I say they wanted to somehow to be able to not feel that that vulnerability that so often that when we feel, when we're in the transitional places and we don't know what is next, we're asking the question, what's next? Moses gives us a different example. Instead of saying, you know, I, I want to control you, God. I want you to do what I want you to do. I want you to tell me what the future has because who knows, we, we can make our plans, but we don't know. But here is what Moses said in verse 15. And, and this is, um, you know, if you're taking notes, you, you might want to write this down. But this is what he says. He says, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. When I reflect back on 2020, I mean, who who could have known what was going to happen? But here is what I know that I experienced, I hope you experienced it, is that God was with me. Uh, God was with me personally. God was with my family. Uh, God was with our church. When we think about all the things that we did, as you have shared with me, your stories. And, and that's what Moses knew. And he said, God, I don't know exactly what is before me, but he... He so wanted to be in the presence of God. And he says, if you don't go with us, don't let it, don't, don't make us leave this place. I don't want to go into the future unless you are with me. It's interesting here when he says, if you don't personally go with us in the, in the Hebrew that it's a, it's more of a word picture there, but it's like, I want your face to go with us. I, I want your face to go with us. I think about, um, and I've shared this before and, and those of you who are parents, you've probably had this happen, but you know when a child is wanting your attention and they'll just put their little fat chubby hands up on your face and, and just say, look at me, look at me. And I think that's what Moses was saying. God, I, I want your I want your full attention. I want, I want you to have your eye on us. We want to be in the secret place of the most high, the shadow of the almighty. We want to be under your wings of protection if your presence doesn't personally go with us don't make us leave this place the second thing that Moses said he he prayed that prayer and then he prayed a second prayer he said and and God promises that he's going to go with him and Moses wants to take it a step further and he says then show me your glorious presence. Show me your glorious presence. And that word presence there again is your face. I think he's transitioning between there is this time when you step out in faith and and you know, it's like, Lord, I want you to go with me. But I don't know about y'all, but it's like sometimes I, I, I want it to be more tangible. I want it to be more real. Um, I know in faith that God loves me. He knows my name. He sees me, all of these things. But, but here's the thing. I can't physically see God. I can't, I can't touch Him. I can't physically hear Him. It is such a, 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 such a, a step of faith that we have. And Moses is saying, I, I want to see the tangible evidence of your glorious presence with me as we head into our next thing as we head into our what's in front of us i want to i want to be able to to point to that and say god was with me i want to point to that and say i saw your glorious presence in this moment in this time but i think sometimes in the in the day today and in the everyday, we we are so busy we we miss this God speaks to him and and he tells him, he says, basically, I'm going to answer you. But in verse 20, he says, but here's, here's the thing, Moses. He said, you may not directly look at my face because no one may see me and live. We, we know from Scripture, because of our fallen humanity, our sin nature, that, that we are not equipped to see God in His fullness, in His glory, as we will one day when we are, you know, we get to spend eternity with Him. It's basically, you, you can't even begin to fathom how great my holiness and my glory is. He said, but, but this is what I wanna, I'm going to do for you. He said, look... He said, stand near me on this rock and as my glorious presence passes by. So he said, my glorious presence is going to pass by you. He said, I'm going to hide you in the crevice of the rock. I'm going to hold my hand to protect you and cover you until I've passed by. Then I'm going to remove my hand and let you see me From behind, but my face you won't see. It's like the Lord said, I'm gonna pass by. You're gonna be hidden in the crevice of the rock, but you're gonna see me from behind. It's almost like when you see someone's shadow after they have passed behind. You know they were there. There was the evidence. Maybe you didn't actually see their physical form, but you see the shadow. Maybe think of a boat in the water. You see the wake. You see the evidence of... I think what he is inviting us to do is to, is to pause and reflect as we look behind, as we see God's glorious presence almost after the fact. In this passage, I have three takeaways. For us, as we kind of reflect on 2020, as we ask the question "What's next?" as we move into 2021, um, and we and these three things kind of emerge from this passage. But the first is this: I want to encourage and invite you to pray the prayer of Moses each morning in 2021 and this is the prayer i hope that you'll start this year off with and it is the prayer i hope that you will commit to pray every single morning if you don't personally go with me don't make me leave this place i pray that as you are in your bed in the morning and you're just beginning to stir that it will become your practice in 2021 before you look at your cell phone, before you cut your television on, before you brush your teeth, before you go to the bathroom, you know, before your feet touch the ground, that you will take a moment and and ask the Lord, say, Lord, before my feet touch the ground this morning, I pray that your presence will go with me into this day. And just in your mind, I don't know about y'all, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I kind of start thinking through the things that I have coming up that day and that week. I want you to, to kind of pray this, this prayer over these things. So maybe it's a meeting that you have, uh, maybe it's something going on with your kids uh, that you've got going on at school, uh, maybe it's a difficult conversation, maybe you're paying bills, whatever it is is i want you to i want to invite you to pray over these specific things that these events that are on your calendar and to say lord i i, I ask that your that your glorious presence would be with me in that meeting in that moment in the carl Poole line and if not I, I just don't even want to get out of bed today i think this will have the power to to invite his presence in our lives, to invite his, his grace in our lives as we head into 2020, 21. The second thing that I wanna invite you to do is as you end each day, so that's the beginning of your day, as you end each day in 2021, I wanna invite you to practice um, the habit of gratitude by looking backwards. As you take time to reflect on God's glorious presence in your life that day, sometimes as we are in the carpool line, as we are answering emails, as we are putting out fires, as I like to say, as we're cleaning the house, we're you know changing a diaper, uh, all the busyness of our of our good life, our good life, uh, I, we are not always consciously aware of God's glorious presence, but just as God told Moses, He said, You will see my glorious presence as I pass by. You'll see me from behind. You'll see me as you reflect. Back. I want to invite you to take the practice, and especially even if you're married or maybe with your kids and your family, uh, if you live with a roommate, to, to even to say, Lord, where were those places and there's times today where I saw your presence, I saw your grace, and to practice gratitude. What, what I think this has the power to do, I think that anxiety is, is wrapped up in uncertainty, Those two things just go hand in hand together. But as we practice gratitude, I believe that we kind of nip that in the the bud because what we're saying is, here are the things that I can control. Here are the things that I can give thanks for. Here are the things that are right in front of me today. And I'm not gonna worry about the future and worry about the tomorrow, but I'm gonna give thanks for where I saw your glorious presence today. The third thing is that I think that we take away from this, this encounter, this conversation that Moses and, and um, God had together is to allow God in 2021 to form you into a person who is ready for whatever is next, even when you don't know for certain what is going to happen next. Moses had a promise. It was the promised land. Uh, he really didn't know for certain what was going to happen next. Uh, you know, what's interesting to me, and Moses would have known this. Moses had lived out in the wilderness. You know, he, he lived in, in Egypt. Uh, then he spent 40 years in the wilderness, and then he came back to lead the people of God out of, the, out of Egypt. But, but the, the road from Egypt to, to the promised land, do you know how long it took to get from point A to point B? It was 11 days. It was a well-known road. It was it was a highway, if you will. I mean, it wasn't like it was a secret how to get to the promised land, how to get to the land of Canaan, but we're told in the in the Old Testament that God said that He was going to take them on a roundabout way. That's in the Bible. He says, "I'm not going to take you directly on that on that main road." He said because it would take you through the land of the Philistines, and basically, they weren't ready. They weren't battle-hardened soldiers yet, and there was a work of grace and and character development that God had to do in their hearts and in their lives before they were ready for that next step. And so I believe as we are in these in-between places, these transformational transitions, if we allow God to do that deep work of His grace in our hearts and in our lives, then He will prepare us for the what's next even when we don't know what it is imagine how 2021 we can't we can't figure out we don't know exactly what's going to happen we don't know i mean that's kind of been our mantra uh, but but goodness gracious we never do but here's what you know we know is that as we say god oh i don't want i don't want to i don't want to start this year unless your glorious presence goes with me open my eyes that i can see you as i reflect back where' you you've been gracious and good and transform me do a deep work of grace as you transform me um, into that person that you've called me to be imagine um, the the grace and the and the the joy and the peace and the love that we will experience in 2021 no matter what any of our circumstances are let's go to the lord in prayer Father, you are so good to us, and we are so incredibly grateful for your love and for your care and how you just, um, you walk with us every step of the way. Father, as we prepare for a time of holy communion, I pray and I ask, Lord, that there would just be um, a sense of your presence here and that you would go with us and be with us. In Jesus' name, amen as we prepare for Holy Communion with uh, the bread and the wine. Um, For those of you who are in person, if you uh, did not receive a a communion packet as you came in, Lynn Faulkner has some more there. I see some hands up. As we get ready, I... I I want to say the thing that that we always say is that as we prepare to come and celebrate holy communion at this is this is the lord's table it is not Martha Bowman's table. Uh, it is not our church's table, but it is the Lord's table. And he is the one that extends his invitation to you. Um, and we ask three questions in the Methodist Church um, about the we, you don't have to be a member of our church. Uh, you don't have to have an affiliation with our church. But we do ask three questions, uh, and that is, uh, do you love him? Do you love Christ with your whole heart? Uh, Do you repent of your sins? Uh, Are you willing to make him the Lord of your life and to say yes to Jesus? And do you seek to live in peace and love with your brother and sister and with your neighbor? And if you can say yes to those three questions, uh, the invitation to come um, is for you. And on the night when Jesus was betrayed, um, he took the bread And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. And he said, "Um, take and eat this and do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. And he says, as often as you drink this, uh, remember the covenant that we have made, the new covenant that I've made with you and for the forgiveness of your sins. As we enter into it,